we're you know we're, so here we go we're we're on the air now. So Pastor Steve is always in his phone. Yeah, I just. <laughs> Everybody's always reaching out at certain times. Yep, they sure. Are. Oh, look at that! Here we are. Look at wow! Look at that mug. <laughs> <laughs> He's looking at himself, Kevin, on television over here. <laughs> okay. So uh, let's uh, let's get this puppy started, and we got a lot to talk about. All right. Absolutely. I think we're going to have a good time tonight. Some viewers may find the following video disturbing. Viewer discretion is advised. It's Tuesday night, and ordinarily you would hear me say, Amelia Chapman, what does that mean? Well, Amelia <laughs> is off tonight. She opted to uh, hang out with her husband tonight. Well, good for her. Go relax and enjoy yourself. Tonight is boys' night out. We're going to discuss some um, interesting topics tonight. We have a real interesting topic. You'll see. Ke Absolutely. And we have uh, Kevin Schopel here. You know, whenever Kevin's here. We're going to talk the Bible in some capacity. And, of course, Pastor Stephen Kwiatkowski is back, making his second appearance on the show. Never shy. Stephen Kwiatkowski is never shy. He's probably the least shy priest you'll ever meet. <laughs> but we're going to ask a, an interesting question. First of all, let me get, to, let this, get you guys just in here talking. Kevin, I haven't seen you in a little while. How you doing, friend? Uh, doing absolutely good. I haven't started a sixth book yet, but uh, I've been, you know, very active in a um, Facebook group and answering questions there. Uh, well, I have the first five that you had. <laughs> we know right. that. Um, tell everybody about the latest book, in fact. And we're going to see a little, little slideshow of your books. Well, my last, the fifth book was called Trust the God Who Loves You. And basically it's, uh, you know, for people who, you know, when they get into hard times, feel like God doesn't love them or why did God do this to me and saying, okay, God's love is unfailing. It's the way you're looking at things, uh, you know, and realizing that we can't see every intricate part of the Lord's plan for us yeah. and how those things turn out. Um you know, I, I know I'm giving a very short version of it, but that's what that last final book is about. Excellent. And let's take a look, uh, Kevin, at, at some of your books here. Look at that mug. Talk about looking at the mug. Yeah, look at that mug. This is <laughs> the, the book that uh, I'm most familiar with. It's called The Truth About Psychics and Spiritual Gifts. And uh, Kevin is one of the very few people in America that will, will broach that subject. Um, 
he married a psychic and he dated a psychic and he's quite um, intuitive himself. So uh, it was natural that he would broach the subject. And we actually met, Kevin, you and I met through Shirley, another psychic. And God's purpose for psychics and everyone was another interesting read. I have this as well. Um, the, the book Melanie. Uh, you were uh, you dated a young lady named Melanie. She was a psychic when you were young, correct? Uh, no, I met Melanie uh, many years after I was already married. Uh, the girl you're speaking of, her name was Tammy, but oh, Melanie was Tammy, the first. Yeah. Meet she was the high school girl that was psychic. Absolutely. Gotcha. Okay. And we got a couple more to look at here. Oh, um, where is the other book? Oh, there's another book in here. Did I miss it? Kevin, if I left one of your books out, I am going to absolutely uh, There is one called Christians and Psychics. God has gifted them both. That's the one that's not there. Okay. And then the fifth book, which is Trust the God Who Loves You. Yeah, you know what? At the end of the show, Kevin, before we say goodnight to everybody, we will address that, and I'll make sure that you give a good, solid plug for all of them. And, of course, Stephen Kwiatkowski. Stephen is a, uh, oh, God bless him. He, <laughs> <laughs> he is the pastor of the Church of Misfits and Malcontents. That's what we call it. Steve Kwiatkowski is the pastor of Union Church at Naylor Avenue in Clementon, New Jersey. He is available at 856-896-5332 if you need someone to pray for you or with you. Stephen is always available. I say uh, have phone, will travel. That's Pastor Steve. Stephen, what's going on with you, young man? I'm doing well by the grace of God. I'm here, praise God. It's good to be here. What's that hat here? I'm awake, kid. Right. <laughs> I'm doing well, though. You know, we're good through each day. And you want to talk about prophetic things? I mean, um, with Kevin, you already know we see the signs of the times in front of us unfolding, brother, huh? That's right. Absolutely. We're here and we're just on countdown for our Lord to return. That's it. Well, that's the question. Is God returning as Jesus or is God real at all? Does God even exist? There is a, a mounting number of people now that question the, not only the authenticity of the Bible, but the, um, the incarnate being called God. There mm -hmm. are a lot of people who don't, believe in God, who think God was made up, God was a figment of our imagination and that's the question Kevin Schopel, are we a figment of God's imagination of God's imagination <laughs> or are or is God a figment of ours no um, I was, you know as I told you when I first was asked to be on this show that most of the Bible postulates the idea of being a God as in Romans chapter one which I'm sure Steve is familiar with but then as I was talking to a friend last night it occurred to me that one of the I would say the most compelling evidence of God 
is a prophecy he made through the uh, prophet Jeremiah in Jeremiah 23.1. He said, so then the days are coming, declares the Lord, when people will no longer say, as surely as the Lord lives, who brought the Israelites up out of Egypt, but will they say, as surely as the Lord lives, who brought the descendants of Israel up out of the land of the north and out of all of the countries where he has banished them, and then they will live in their own land. Um, Jeremiah 31.8 says, you know, I will bring them back from the land of the north and gather them from the ends of the earth. Among them will be the blind, the lame, the mothers, the women in labor. A great throng will return. They will come with weeping, they will pray, and I will bring them back. I will lead them beside streams of water on a level path where they will not stumble. Because I am Israel's father, and Ephraim is my firstborn son. Hear the word of the Lord, you nations. Proclaim it in distant coastlands. He who scattered Israel will gather them and will watch over his flock like a shepherd. He who appoints the sun to shine by day, and the, who decrees the moon and the stars to shine by night, who stirs up the sea so that the waves roar, the Lord Almighty and his, is his name. Only if these decrees vanish from my sight, says the Lord, will Israel ever cease to become a nation before me. Right. The point I'm making here, and I'm sure Steve is familiar with it, is that in 605 B.C., Babylon, King Nebuchadnezzar exiled the tribe of Judah yeah. to the land of Babylon. They were then captured by the Chaldeans. Then they were, you know, part of the Persian Empire when they returned, but they were still a province of Persia. And then they became a province of Rome in the time of Jesus. Mm -hmm. But then they were scattered all over the earth without a homeland from roughly 70 A.D. until the year 1948. Right. And there is no other nation in the history of the entire world that had a nation go without a homeland for over two millenniums and gather back the way these prophecies, the way I just read them, right. absolutely came to be. If you look at the odds against it, I mean, anybody... Yeah. Could say, okay, yeah, Egypt has always been there, Greece has always been there, but you take any other nation, let's say the Assyrians, the Hittites, mm -hmm. and others, uh, Edomites, even the who was supposed yeah. to have been the brother of Israel, none of those nations ever came together after almost 2,000 years to fulfill something that was already in Scripture. Yeah, and by the time we had the con the the canonized Bible. 1700 years passed and we have a fulfilled scripture against the greatest of all odds i want pastor steve to jump in on this one okay so you got real excited when yeah i'm right with you i was just talking about this with somebody when israel became a nation again that's one of the biggest signs of the end days i mean that was like and how about the rebuilding of the temple as of recently, wanting to rebuild the temple, you know? Yeah. And, you know, the Muslims are right on that site, and they're, like, fighting, you know? The, the well, I, I have heard an interesting argument made for that, and so let me put my two cents in here. The argument sure. being made is that they want to rebuild the temple purposely to fulfill prophecy. 
it's already been foretold. So it would be a, at this point, and it's you can't argue with it. It would be a self-fulfilling prophecy if they built the temple on on the temple, you know, where it is now on Solomon's temple on Temple Mount. Okay, I don't have anything against uh, people who uh, voluntarily fulfill prophecy. Even Jesus did on the cross. He said, in order to fulfill scripture, he said, I thirst. But then there's involuntary fulfillment right. of prophecy. For example, with Jesus' body on that cross, they poked his side. They pierced him. Not one of his bones were broken. That was two prophecies that he could not voluntarily fulfill in the body because his spirit was already gone from there. Well, let me ask you um, a question about that, Kevin, because you, you said something that triggered the mind here. I remember the Passover plot. Okay, do you remember that? Okay. No, I didn't read it, but I've heard the gist of it is that there was an imposter. Well, not only an imposter, but that that Jesus never died to begin with. Okay. That's baloney for one big reason. If you recall in John chapter 18, that Peter's sword cut off the ear of a servant of the temple named Malchus, and Jesus healed it on the spot. At that point, nobody had the gift of healing. Jesus had that power solamente, and he was never out of the sight of the temple police, of Herod, of um, Pontius Pilate or anybody, so they knew that the same one who had the power to heal that ear was the same guy who died on that cross. Well, I would suggest that if somebody had that power, you'd want to keep a pretty good eye on them anyway. Well, absolutely, but you you can't. You, no imposter could have done that. That's well, that's the gist. That's again that ties into the Passover plot where. Essentially, uh, an imposter takes over as, as Jesus, uh, that Jesus is long gone. He flees the area alive and well. Um, essentially, that someone had to be sacrificed to fulfill prophecy, if you believe the story. I don't know how much stock I put in it. But it's interesting, nonetheless, that there are people, even in real life today, who are trying to make the point that Jesus um, was not a deity. He was a guy, okay, with no additional powers, just a guy, uh, and that God never existed and does not exist now. Um, I don't know how much I believe either of those, Um as of late, I've been on the fence about a lot of stuff. I'm having, this is the result of the midlife crisis and crisis of spirit I'm having right now. This show is a result of that. So the question is, the God question, is God real? Pastor Stephen Kwiatkowski, I look at you and I, I know for, for certain that you absolutely believe that God's real because you dedicated your whole life to God. Okay, will you talk about that? Could you? Would, I know I'm putting you on the spot. I'll share with you. So, when we were planning the church, I was overwhelmed 
I just, you know what it's like planting ministry, I'm sure, if you understand what it goes, what it's like planting a church. But we had some people like Tom that came in at that time, and I got mm -hmm. so overwhelmed, and I said, I guess I'll resign. Well, guess what? Truth be told, that night I went to sleep, and I was, there was this green field in front of me in this vision while I was asleep. And there were multitude of voices in back of me saying Jesus over and over again. When I was in the front line, the voices were behind me. Here I am staring out into this green, this greenery, right? And it almost looks like the back field in back of the church, like where the altar is. Yeah, yeah. And he appeared in front of me but didn't look me in the face. I thought he was disgusted with me and he had it with me because I was a failure. And he said, I said, Lord, Lord. Well, I remember the scripture now saying, if you say, Lord, Lord, not everybody on that day that says, Lord, Lord, you know, but he actually did look at me. I said, Lord, Lord. He turned around to me and said, are you hungry? I said, yes, Lord. He took his hand, touched my forehead, and I woke up. I cried that whole day, and then I told everybody, I can't leave ministry. It's not time yet. Ever since that, Kevin, over the years, I have been attacked spiritually. My flesh, I notice Satan's always tugging at me more. But ever since then, I've been getting visions, and I know when things are about to happen. Like, I feel it. So I, I do know and believe that I was truly visited by Christ. So the very next day or the day after, one of the guys that were helping out at the church, we were digging for a new water line. It was like around that time. And he said, Pastor, look, look. It was this perfectly heart-shaped rock that appeared in front of me. And I, that rock today is sitting on the altar of that church. That was like God saying, hey, look, this is what you need to be doing. And here, and it's, I was truly called to it. Now, Kevin, what did you make of something like that? I don't doubt that, that, that Jesus can appear to people. He appeared twice in Scripture to, to the Apostle Paul. Once in Acts 22, you have a sign of it. Acts 9, when he was saved. Acts uh, 27, when he was on the ship that was uh, on its way to Malta and shipwrecked. And Jesus told him, you know, not one life is going to be uh, taken. You know, he, he, uh, you know, I've spared all the lives here because you must testify before Caesar. So, again, you know, the, you know if, the, if the Lord Jesus can appear to someone, I'm not one to doubt that. Uh, there is, you know, tests for false Christ because Jesus said in Matthew 24 that they will be false Christs and false prophets. Right. But I do not doubt that Jesus can appear. That was, that was the, and I knew right then and there. And ever since then, I've been doing everything I mm. can. Have I failed in certain areas? Absolutely. My flesh is weak, but the Spirit is willing. But whatever I do, Amen. I do it by the leading of the Holy Spirit. It's not my mm -hmm. own. Even when people say... Oh, that yeah. was a great sermon. I say, praise God. I don't like taking credit for those things. Because God will fill me at that moment when the word has to be delivered. 
Interesting. Now, the entire, this is based on the supposition that there is a God. And I, I don't doubt that you believe that there's a God. There are, I am, I will be honest with you, I'm one of those people I'm walking the fence right now. Uh, yeah, a doubting Thomas. Yes, oh, I know. No yeah, no, it's not a coincidence. I was—I I know exactly how I was named and why. <laughs> Believe me. The other thing is the the number of people uh, choosing to call themselves non-believers is growing exponentially at a rapid rate. It is. Um, not only are people leaving the church at, alar at an alarming rate, but churches are, are emptying at, at a, a pace unprecedented in history. Um, we see it with your church, Stephen. I was there one day. I think there were maybe six people in the, in the whole Bible building. Study, yeah. yeah, six people for Bible study. Maybe 10, 15 people on a Sunday, maybe 20. Yeah. And that's that's a lot for that church. Yeah. 20 people is a lot for that church. I should tell everybody that uh, Union Church at 22 Naylor Avenue in Clementon, New Jersey, is an absolutely adorable church. Um, it looks like something out of a Norman Rockwell painting. It really, really does. Um and you owe it to yourself to go take a look. If you're in the South Jersey area, take a ride up to 22 Naylor Avenue and see Pastor Steve Kwiatkowski, and he'll probably give you something to eat because he's Italian a little bit. He's hey, Listen to this one. God bless him. He's half Italian, half Polish. How's that one? for? for how's that, Kevin? How's that for a loaded deck? Oh, yeah. This poor kid is half Italian, half Polish. Actually, he's half was Russian, isn't it? That's why you're not Anglican. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'll tell you what. I want you. I'm going to bring you guys up here. I'll tell you what I want to do. I'm going to remove myself. I want you guys to discuss. Is there a God? Okay. Um, again, part of the thing that I'm saying here is, you know, if you were to go into a criminal case as a lawyer, you're not trying to prove something conclusively. You're trying to prove beyond a reasonable doubt. The story I was telling earlier, uh, reading from the book of Jeremiah, chapter 23 and 31, is a prophecy made in the Old Testament, fulfilled after the New Testament was closed, over something that has never happened with any group in the history of the world. And here was a thing that I discovered years ago when I was doing some research for one of my classes. Mark Twain wrote this in the 19th century. He says, the Jews constitute a tiny percentage of the human race. Properly, the Jew ought to hardly be heard of, but he is heard of always, and he has been heard of. He is prominent on the planet as any other people, and his commercial importance is extravagantly out of proportion to the smallest of his bulk. His contributions to the world's list of great names in literature, science, art, music, finance, medicine, and obtrusive learning are also way out of proportion to the weakness of his numbers. 
He has made a marvelous fight in this world in all the ages and has done it with his hands tied behind his back. He could be vain of himself and be excused for it. The Egyptian, the Babylonian, and the Persian rose, filled the planet with sound and splendor, then faded off to dream stuff and passed away. The Greek and the Roman followed and made a vast noise and they are gone. Other people have sprung up and held their torch high for a time, but it burned out and they sit in the twilight zone or have vanished. The Jews saw them all, beat them all, and he is now what he always was exhibiting, no decadence, no infirmities age, no weakening of his parts, no slowing of his energies, no dulling of his alert and aggressive mind. All things are mortal, but the Jew... All other forces pass, but he remains. What is the secret of his immortality? Now, if you had Mark Twain stand up in this same courtroom where we're trying to prove beyond a reasonable doubt that God exists, that would be very compelling to me, again, that all these other races and nations have passed from the scene, but this was God's chosen people, and even 75 years before Israel came together as a nation again in 1948, Mark Twain wrote this in the 19th century, noting that there was something outstanding here, that the hand of God, I would say, that the hand of God had to be upon the children of Israel for Mark Twain to have made such a statement. I've got a question along those lines, Kevin. Um, with all the Jews have done throughout history and at the beginning of history. Why did God choose them? Why are they untouchable? Well, he didn't choose a nation. He chose one man, Abraham. Actually, he was Abram, and God called him Abraham because he would be the father of many nations. He's yeah, the father of the Arabs. He was the father of the Edomites. Uh, the nations that are right now hostile through, through Ishmael. But yet, God chose to honor the lines of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Right. They became the nation during a 400-year exile in Egypt. And as stubborn as they were, and this is what I illustrate in my fifth book, as stubborn as they were, how they got to the uh, Mount Sinai and wanted to make a golden calf, they get to the border of Israel, and they say they can't conquer it except for Caleb and Joshua. And, and God several times wanted to wipe them out, but he kept faithful to his promises, to his love. And the fact that you can see Israel on the world map today tells you that there is a God with unfailing love towards a people who were totally rebellious. By all means, absolutely. Yes. I'm reading a book right now by Jonathan Kahn. I'm sure you know who he is. The Return of the Gods. I haven't heard of him. You want to check him out when you get a chance. You, it, He talks about Baal and Baal worship and how it's prevalent in our society. You're talking about the golden calf, which is Baal. Well, it was King Jeroboam that actually built, you know, had these erected, these bronze statues at each end of Israel. You know what I mean? To get these people to worship the false god Baal, right? So in 1989, 
they actually erected a statue of Baal right outside the New York Stock Exchange. The same place where George Washington's statue was, this man said himself, you cannot govern a country rightly without God in the Bible. And it was almost like Baal saying, aha, I'm going to deceive these people no matter what. So what's happening is these false gods, lowercase g, have still existed. I mean, we talk about the Nephilim, right? The Nephilim. Mm -hmm. You know, we talk about Goliath. These things are still around. They're just well hidden. But, you know, they're there. They've taken on other forms where they have hidden themselves. Well, that's a question a lot of people have, too. Why all the cloak and dagger? Why not just, you know, let your, as the Bible says, let your yay be yay and your nay be nay? Why do we give Satan too much credit for everything? Why? Do we? Why? Okay, well, now you said where I want you to go. Okay, he's the god of this plane. Okay, I I get that. No, I get that part. Believe me, it makes a lot more sense if we if we look at Satan as the god of this level. That makes perfect sense to me, and I understand why we're going the way we are. But why are there? Uh, is there a god of the air and a god of the land? We have one God. You know, Satan was a fallen angel named Lucifer. And yes, he is called the God of this world in Second Corinthians chapter 4 by the right. Apostle Paul. But again, too, Jesus said, you know, uh, in Psalm 82, I said, you are gods. And he said, and the scripture cannot be broken. Right. Okay. Um, Steve, you want to uh, elaborate on that? Because I think there's more there. That he said he said it. I knew it wouldn't take him about five seconds. He said it. Well, here's the thing. Didn't Satan say that to Eve in the garden? Yes. What, yes. But wasn't that the intent? Wasn't the intent for us to be our own God? That that was the intent, and if I read what I'm reading properly, that was the intent. Well, here's the thing: in the garden, we were going to have everlasting life, right? But then after, okay, you know, when when Satan said to eat, you know, eat of this, ye shall not die; ye shall surely not die. And you know, he, he was telling her basically, she's going to have the same knowledge from the tree of knowledge. They call it an apple tree. No, it's not. We don't even know if it was an apple. Scholar. We we know that it would it was what we would call a pomegranate. Yeah. That's what it was. It was essentially it was a pomegranate. But, but you know, the, the tree, yeah. You know, you weren't supposed to eat of that. Now she's got all this knowledge, and he shall be like God. See, God didn't want us to have his knowledge. You know, we were supposed to be obedient to him. But because Satan already had God's knowledge, he was trying to overthrow God in heaven. Why is everyone trying to control the mind? Um, Satan's not really interested in controlling the mind. He's more interested in controlling the spirit. But if I read what I'm reading, God wants to control your mind, heart, and spirit. Why the big three? 
I would not say he's wanting to control it as much as he wants us to surrender to him as Lord and voluntarily make that choice. He's never compulsed anyone to receive him as Lord and Savior. That's a free choice that he gave us to do I, by I accepting have to respectfully that gift of disagree with that. And I'll tell you why I respectfully disagree. Okay. There's, there's no such thing as free will or free choice. If you don't abide by what God that read, we have a Bible, we have a priest. <laughs> Here's the thing, and it's as simple as this: if you, if you do not comply with God, you get punished for it. So where's the free choice? Well, here's the thing: I think God does this. You want me to try to what, what I think? You know. God yeah, because I want to hear Kevin right after you. I was talking to someone on the phone about this earlier, about the prodigal son. Check it out. So I was I'm quoting this from Luke's gospel, as you already know. So, you know, the prodigal son basically told his dad, I wish you were dead. Give me all my inheritance now. He went off. He did his thing, sex, drugs, and rock and roll, okay? He did whatever he could. When he ran out of all that money, and all those things that were only a temporary fix, he came to his senses. And then he says, okay, he knew the grass truly wasn't greener on the other side. He's like, I need to go back to my father. So I believe, just like the prodigal son, we're all prodigal children, God makes us believe that we have free will. But when we realize that the grass isn't greener on the other side, we come running back to God with our tail between our legs. Because we know we're in a safe spot with God. We can run, but we can't hide. It's one of those things. Does that make sense? I love that illustration, Steve. I really do. Uh, as far as the free will and, you know, now this is something that happened to me quite a few years ago when I was still promoting my first book. And, and I was at the Tucson Psychic Fair at this time. And before I was setting up, uh, I heard one of the people talking to a friend of theirs who said, oh, my daughter says, how can you call yourself a Christian and be giving readings? Well, I got went back to my own table. I got one of my books, and I went over to the woman who had made that statement about her daughter and said, uh, I know that I'm here really to sell books, but I said, I heard your, your statement about, you know, being a Christian and and giving readings, and I said, I think this will will help you, it was a free gift from me, and she looked at me, her mouth dropped open, she says, oh my God, and I said, what, did I say something wrong here, and she says, no, she says, let me pull up my phone here, I'll show you what I'm talking about, now this was on a Sunday morning, but on a, this happened at, at just 12, uh, half hour after midnight the previous Friday, that this person was in a chat room with a psychic who said, you know, on Sunday, in the morning, a middle-aged man will present you with a book, and it's going to be called The Truth Without Gifts. You are to help him promote this book. And it's just like, I made the free will choice to go get her a book and give it to her, not knowing I was fulfilling something already prophesied about myself two and a half days earlier. Hello? <laughs> I don't see any audio. Right, I got you covered. We hear you. Okay. Absolutely, sure. 
what I was doing um, just a moment ago, I was actually getting your books out, Kevin. Okay. I want people to see that we've got the uh, Kevin Shovel's got a, quite a few little assortment of books here. There's the one that you didn't show earlier, right there on the top. Yes, this one here. Christians and psychics, God has gifted them both. Yeah, but I told you I got the book, so I know. <laughs> Absolutely. And of course, there's Melanie. Correct. Facebook. I'm actually what I'm going to do. Um, if he, if you don't mind, I'm going to give you one of these books. Okay. If you you like to read? Yeah, I'll read one. Okay. I got some. I want to. I'm going to give Pastor Steve one of your books. Absolutely. Um, if Steve has any questions on what he does read, I'm definitely available. Absolutely. Yo, I'll stick your number in there too, Kevin. Certainly. Um, the question of the night is: God real? Is there a God? Does did God create us in His image, or did we make Him up? The question I say the number of people, Kevin Schopel, who say we made him up. Well, when you say about did God create us in his image, or did we create God in our image? In first in Colossians 1.15, it says of Jesus, he is the image of the invisible God. So the fact okay, is that Jesus was in the to, beginning with God. You're gonna to have to explain that. You and Steve are gonna to have to tag team me on that one. What do they mean, the invisible? God is a spirit. We know that. Okay, I get. But we, but we know he's a male because you know he's a male authority, as you know. Trans. Well, because he sent. Well, you would have to think so. If you believe in God, you would have to believe he would be male if he came down as Jesus. Correct. Okay. And Jesus himself said, "I and my Father are one." And yes. Also, there are. I mean, look at look look at Genesis, for instance. It doesn't say "Let me make man in my mm -hmm. image." It says "Let us make man in our image." Elohim, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Jesus, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, were all together. Yeah, infinite. Well, the idea of a a, a trilogy here uh, of a of a triad is interesting. If you if you were to, if Jesus were to live in these times, yeah. he wouldn't be executed. He would be sentenced to uh, Ancora State Psychiatric Facility. He would be examined, uh, probed uh, with every kind of probing instrumentation you could think of. They would absolutely believe that he were schizophrenic at the very least. And probably bipolar and um, uh, uh, depressive disorder and whatever you could think of, uh, because they would certainly not look at him as a healthy individual. You know what I'm saying? I would disagree with you on that because that in Jesus' own time, they tried to stone him. They tried to throw him off of a cliff at Nazareth. Well, you're I making my point for His time was to come. Yeah, but you're 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 making my points for me. They they would look at him as a nut. Okay, understandably what you're saying. In in his own time, they looked at him like he was crazy. Oh yeah. That was the, well. That's the thing where 
when they took him to punch his pilot, he said, you know, what what did this guy do to me? Right? He's not my problem. He's your problem. Because he didn't, he didn't, you know, he didn't screw us over here. But the Jews, they had other ideas. Well, and this is why Scripture says not everyone from Israel is of Israel because his own received him not. He also referred to those, you know, we have the elect Jews. Right. The elect Jews are the ones that will truly come. They're Messianic Jews. Okay. Anyone that denies the son denies the father. I still want to get into this chosen people bit. Why would... But I understand what you're saying, and I, and, and I can abide by that and, and believe in that. But there are a there is a race of human beings walking the planet called the Semite Jews. Okay? They believe that their shit don't stink, that they could do what they want. Okay? The Zionists, well, let's, let's call them what they are, the Zionists. And they think that they deserve to. They they believe, the Zionist Jew believes that they have an absolute right by God to do so. And I call bullshit on that. Kevin Schopel, you're being quiet here. I need your... And I have to speak truth. Well, again, too, there was still even... Jews in the Old and New Testament times that thought they could do what they wanted. I mean, uh, we you mentioned Jeroboam earlier, as I recall, Steve. And, you know, again, he did what was evil in the sight of the Lord. There were several others. You know, Manasseh did evil in the sight of the Lord. Of course, Ahab did evil in the sight of the Lord. They were all bona fide Jews, no, uh, or actually say Israelites, because they weren't really called Jews until the exile. Um well, let, let's talk about that in a minute, because that's important in the in, the question, is God real? And it, we have to hit it from two separate ends. Number one, explain to people, Kevin, what a Semite is. What a Semite Jew is. I will be honest, I don't know the definition of a Semite. Okay. Steve. I'm sorry. <laughs> You're talking about someone who's like a Hasidic Jew. That, that's another the word. Semites, yes. Yeah, I'm trying to hear you there, Steve. No, I said a Hasidic Jew. The Hasidic Jews. The Hasidic Jews, Kevin. They usually have the braids and, you know, so on and so forth. Yeah. When you're talking about a Semite Jew, you're talking about the Zionists. We were talking about. Right. But why does everybody. Here's the question, though. Why does everyone. And, and I don't know what, I just can't explain it. Why does every Jew, if you say something negative, they say you're anti-Semitic. In other words, you're anti-Semite. Uh, they're not all Semitic Jews, so how can they be all anti-Semitic? Uh, yeah, I don't get, I have to admit, I don't get into these indiv individual divisions of the Jews myself. And I apologize there, but I don't, I have not got an opinion on that. Well, here's the thing. We're going to go back to what Christ said. Not everyone from Israel is of Israel. His own received him not. Um, 
here, here's a here's a good instance. I mean, and he in Isaiah's prophecy, it even told us that his own would receive him not. But then we know that there were the elect Jews, and you, we talk about the one hundred and forty-four thousand, right? The twelve thousand from each tribe mm -hmm. govern the new earth. But we also read in Romans that there's no difference between Jew, Greek. Gentile, but the same Lord mm -hmm. is Lord of all those who believe. Right. That's so, yeah. Ro Romans three twenty two. Romans three twenty two. So at this point, you know, because His own received Him not, we are now complete. We're all Jews. Think about it. Now through adoption through Jesus Christ, or let's just say we can exit that being all Jews, but we're all one in Him. So what it goes down to is that. Just like back during the king, back during uh, the time of Jeroboam okay? mm -hmm. and, and Baal. Now, right. There are other Jews. They might appear to be Jews on the outside. Okay. But but there is an ulterior motive. Jesus okay. Spoke of that. The ulterior motive. You you see that a lot today. I do oh, a lot. And a lot. Too. Synagogues, churches. Absolutely. All, you know, he, in this season, the Lord is showing us. And, he's the wheat the and, th and I'm making the point, and thank you for for e explaining it biblically, but I'm making the point that Jews are getting the bad rap they're getting because uh, and for the most part, in many cases, they're, they're inviting it themselves. So why chastise the minority? I'm sorry. Why chastise the majority for what the minority is doing? You know, the Jews need to get right with each other to figure out their, who's well, giving them bad rap. Well, that that can be held true of, of any race of people, I would think myself. You know, you've got it your, is, but, your but even here in America. And, and, and thank you, Kevin, for saying that. But here's why I bring it up, because it's critically important to the overall question. Um, as of late, and I say as of late, meaning the last 20, 30 years, there's been an uprising among the Jewish community and in America among the Jewish community and the worldwide Jewish community to be seen as a separate people. Okay. America has a very close working relationship with Israel. Mm -hmm. It always has. Yes. Okay, it always has. America has elevated the Jew. America has done that. My question is why? To separate these people as special and peculiar from the rest, well, you've got a whole bunch of people that want to you know, have a say in world government, world politics, their own lives. They want to have a say. That goes off with saying, think about it. I mean, again, this nation was founded as a Judeo Christian nation. We know that already. But wherever God is, especially with prophecy, Wherever the Lord's truth is being told, Satan's going to also come and attack. True. And if his own received him not, and, you know, the devil worship was through 
Wouldn't it be funny if Satan appeared as a Jew in contemporary Jew of life in scripture? Yeah. It would say that again. Recently, he there was a Jewish um, rabbi claiming to be the Messiah. I forget his name, but it's did you see that? I know who you're talking about. But yes. I mean, think about that for a moment. Mm -hmm. That's and I'm trying to think of his name, but they, they showed a special about him. Like people are thinking, like he could be the Antichrist. We don't know. Well, that's a whole nother thing, you know. Um, the, the, yeah, but the subject of, of Christ is completely different from the subject of God. We know there was a Jesus Christ. We absolutely know there was a Jesus Christ. We've got proof upon proof of his existence. Not only the spirit, but we also have the physical, tangible proof yes. that he lived. We know that. The question is, did the person he purports to represent ever exist? This deity called God. Well, that's again where I was saying to Steve as well, you know, is the evidence that we have seen so far, the fact that, you know, again, a fulfilled, very high against the odds prophecy being fulfilled outside right. of the realm of the biblical years you're never going to get conclusive proof, and you know, you're not going to say, Here's this physical person. In fact, many right. times, uh, they would say, You saw no image in the tabernacle or the temple, you know, right? So, there's not going to be a visible, you know. In fact, that was, I believe, it was in First Peter said, No one has ever seen God, right? You know, so, the fact is, is that we're not going to go by looks, we're going to go. By what he has done. In fact, it was in Romans chapter 1. I, is that it says, since what may be known about God is plain to them. Because God has made it plain to them. For since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen. Being understood from what has been made so people are without excuse. Right. Yeah, that was in Romans chapter 1, 22 and 23. It's, so, it's a very interesting proposition. Yeah. Um, it, it's interesting in a lot of ways, but for me, in a very personal way, uh, I grew up with a faith and belief system. And as I got older, my, my, my faith has been shaken. My belief has been diluted. And but for whatever reason, and I don't, maybe it's that old Catholic guilt, but <laughs> I still deep inside believe there's something there. I don't know if I'm willing to call he, she, or it God. I know that there's something bigger than I. Again, I don't know what I'm willing to refer. I, why do I have to put a label on it? Why can't I just believe that there's something bigger? Well, I don't. In the years I've built. Here you oh, go, sorry. Kevin. A greater power. There, we hear that one a lot now. Well, in the years that I've been dealing with psychics and mediums, I have, I have, I've said that I've never met a psychic atheist. And that's true. But every one of them true. confirmed that, a higher, that they believe in a higher being that has given them the abilities that they have. 
None of them claim to be God themselves or anything, but they believe in a higher power. Some of them just won't name it the God of the Bible because they believe the churches lie that their abilities are from Satan or demons. Well, I will tell you, Kevin Schopel, in the interest yeah. of full disclosure. Sure. It was Pastor Steve Kwiatkowski's grandmother who recognized my psychic gifts. Hey, well, that's good. I, I knew that you were. And I, I hope I didn't say anything offensive there, Steve. No. In, in fact, to validate what you're saying, it was his grandmother who was incredibly gifted. The, the, the gift runs in their family. Even as... Not to change the subject, but every single day, I've been either waking up at these certain hours, or they appear to my face whenever I pick my phone up. Two 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 four 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 three 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 eleven eleven. It's been and five five five. They're all happening. That's interesting. Interesting. I don't believe that to be coincidental, and it's all happening. And I'm thinking of Psalm 91 that the Lord will send his angels to keep charge over you. But I believe it is a sign from God. The way, it, because it's, it's happening on cue. I can pick my phone up right there and then not even think, and it's there. It's not even turning there. It's right there. I'll be at home. I'll wake up at 444 evenly. I, I, being awake, waking up at 222. Now tell me. What Pastor Steve is saying is absolutely true. I know this because I've been experiencing that most of my life. Well, because there's there's a movement on. There's a the winds have shifted. You know, and I want to tell you why. You're not. I'm sure you all know by now, but the Earth, the center of the Earth's core, has reversed direction. Ever since that took place, and it, it's taken place over the last couple of years, it's slowed down to a stop. At that moment, that's what people call the matrix. And then what happened is the Earth's core started to move slowly but surely in the opposite direction. And that's the direction it's going in now. And it's moving at quite a nice pace. But since that happened, the amount of spiritual activity yes. happening around the world is off the yes. chart. I can believe it. True, it's off the chart. I got goosebumps right now. I was sitting in the kitchen, honest to God's truth. AJ had to go over and use the bathroom at the church. Before he, you know, the other bathroom, we only have one in the house. Yeah. And he had to walk across the grass. Kevin, I want to tell you something. I, I got goosebumps, man. This really happened right before I came. I was sitting in the kitchen, and a black shadow appeared in the front of the door. I thought somebody was outside. That happened right before mm -hmm. I came I'm going to show you what happened the night before you came here. Black shadow. With, with these cameras, okay? These cameras don't move unless somebody is sitting in front of them, Okay. You're going to see something that happened tonight. I want to show you. So I want to see if I can bring it up here. I'm going to see if I can bring it up here. Um, and I think I can. 
I think I can bring it. Well, be, while I'm doing tonight, tonight, yes. Like what just happened at the house? Just moments before you got here. Hold on, I'm going to show you. Dude, there's something going on tonight. Crazy stuff. Dude, this is real. The stuff is going on. Yep. This is not coincidental. There's a reason why we came to mm -hmm. When two or more gathered in my name, I will be in their midst. Now, what's the Amen to that. What's I'm going to see where that is, but it's here. Here, I think it's... Hold on. I'm it's so a, glad we had this tonight. Yeah. I have, here it is, I found it. Hot damn, I found it. I'm going to show you this. Um, here we go. Okay. I'm going to have this up here in about 30 seconds. But what it is, is a, a video test. I was... You know, I always test my equipment before we do a show, especially if we have a studio guest. And you're going to see activity. This is like, is there a God, but now it's a paranormal show, right? Okay. <laughs> yeah. Here you go. You're going to watch this right now. Okay. Let's see here. Here we go. We're going to do this right now. Here it is. Where? Right here. I got it right here. Hold on. Gotcha. You see that blue screen that you're sitting in front of right now? Yes. That's what it looked like two hours ago with nobody sitting in front of it. Mm. You see that? I do. I I videotaped that. I said, nobody's going to believe. They're going to think I'm crazy. But you're looking at activity in front of an empty camera. Like somebody's trying to materialize. That's because that's what it looks like. And I've that, the spirits can influence electronics as well, uh, Angelo. But here's the strange thing, Kevin. This is not over a couple of seconds. This is over four or five minutes. And there's no reason it can't be. Yeah. This is like a four-minute long little clip that we're watching here. But I wanted you to see that because just so you think, you know, maybe is Angelo losing his mind. No. 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 I'm really not. <laughs> um, uh, Kevin, I'm going to bring you up here. You're a guy who... Uh, for the most part, and I think it's no secret, your claim to fame is that you validated psychics with books like the Bible, the truth about psychics and spiritual gifts. You've Correct. validated psychics with God's purpose for psychics and everyone. Well, you included us as real people, and people don't look at psychics as real people. Christians, excite, Christians and psychics, God has gifted them both. And Melanie, a Christian medium's life and her gifts of spirit. That's an amazing book. It's one of my favorites. Um, great book. All written 
and uh, by uh, the amazing Kevin Schopel has been our guest here. God, I've had you here five, six times already, haven't Kevin? Uh, I believe at least five now. I yeah. couldn't for six or not. Yeah, you're one of our regulars now. <laughs> yeah, you're one of our regulars. Um, here's I want to uh, throw some some questions at you. Again, there's no proof of the existence of God, but then by the same token, you can't disprove the 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 uh, the work that God has done, or even yes, exactly, Steve, science. Yeah. Science can't disprove. The, in fact, in many ways, science is helping to prove the existence of God. I would certainly agree, because you're talking about the natural world around. It's just like I was reading that portion from Romans one twenty two. Yeah. You know that you know his his work, the you know the creations of the world around us and everything like that are seen so that men are without excuse. Yeah. I think it's a, a healthy discussion that we have. Um, certainly it is for me from a cathartic level to have at least some validation from uh, Kevin Schopel, a, a, an accredited Bible scholar and amazing author, from Pastor Steve Kwiatkowski, my, uh, my little nephew I call him. I've known his family for 35 years. And, uh, and he's a good priest on top of that. Um, God knows that if I'm talking like this, it's a good thing for me because I'm talking to him, you know? So uh, and people say, well, you, you need to pray. You need to talk to God. I talk to God in ways that don't include prayer. A song can be a prayer if you want it to be. Yes. Arguing with God can be a prayer if you want it to be. Yeah. And I argue with God a lot about a lot of stuff. And I want to know. Why did this happen, and why didn't I have a choice in fixing it, damn it? You know? And I don't get any answers now. I'm, I'm maybe one day I will. But I think God knows. And by the way, if, you're, if you think that I've ever, I've not one time during the show, have I ever taken the anti-God position? Not, no, all I said was I'm walking the fence and I'm questioning because people who question get answers. Remember, though, remember Jesus' word. That's right. And that's okay. You can, hey, remember, mm -hmm. though, I, I'll never forget that. And, I'll, and I'm just going to say this because I just was brought to that scene with Thomas. Mm -hmm. Thomas said, yeah, I'm weeping right now. That's how powerful the Holy Spirit is. In mm -hmm. He is, by the way, he's got tears in his eyes. I'll vow it because he's sitting about three feet from me. In our studio. In this, yes. When um, he, he, Thomas said, I'll only believe if, unless I see the nail marks in his hand. And mm -hmm. then Jesus appeared, you know, and uh, Thomas, Thomas still didn't believe. And then Jesus showed him his wounds and Thomas put his finger. Yeah. And then he fell to his knees and said, my Lord and my God. And then Jesus said, get up, Thomas. Mm -hmm. Because you have seen me, blessed are those who believe yet have not seen. There you go. Yeah, absolutely. I'll tell you what, it's a heck of a show. Boy, we did a good one tonight. I'm very proud of this one, Kevin. This is a good one. I agree that it has been. 
been a great, great show. Um, well, I'm going to have to, we're going to actually have to do this again. You know what? I want to bring you guys back with my co-host, Amelia. Now, you know, Kevin, Steve, you know Amelia. Both of you guys know Amelia. Um, we're really super into the paranormal, too. And I know both of you guys are. Oh, yes. Yes. Yes, they do. And, and yes, they do. During the latter days, the end time. This is all prophetic. The prophecies all being fulfilled right here. CERN was built for one purpose only, yep. and I want people to hear it. It was built to open up the gates of hell. Yes. And that's I what it was. That's what it was built for. They wanted to tap into the ethereal realm, and they have. They've created the God particle. Okay? It's a, uh, it's called a collider, this machine they built. It's called a, an, uh, a molecular collider. And these molecules spin toward each other at a ridiculously rapid rate. Millions and millions of miles an hour. It's just it's crazy speed. And at some point, something's going to collide with another. Well, it happened. And when it did, it created this opening, this Pandora's box, if you will. And yeah, and what happened was that God particle cre opened up hell. And that's it. That's the truth. It opened up the gates of hell. We don't fight against flesh and blood, but against Yep. And spirit. Absolutely. Absolutely. Kevin Schopel, the books are Melanie, a Christian medium's life and her gifts of spirit. That's the first one. Christians and psychics, God has gifted them both. This is the one that's not in the slideshow, but it's a great little read. And you can finish the whole book, folks, like in a couple of hours. It's a really good book. God's Purpose for Psychics and Everyone. Again, another one that take you maybe three or four hours, a couple hours to read that one. Yeah. And my favorite, The Truth About Psychics and Spiritual Gifts, written by Kevin Schopel. This is a Bible perspective, by the way. Everything Kevin does is done with diligence and with spirit. Kevin knows the Bible better than most people that I know, including a lot of clergy. That would not include Steve Kwiatkowski, because Steve is like an encyclopedia when it comes to the Bible. Absolutely. Look, hey, I'm learning. Doing this show is my education in a lot of ways. Yeah. It's been looks like Steve has been very cathartic for you. Yeah. Blessed. This was a blessing. Yeah. You know, this was fellowship in, in, in Christ and God tonight. That's a, a very a very appropriate. Yes. Fellowship is right. Absolutely. Kevin Schopel, anything you want to promote or uh, or plug while you're here? You are you still doing the um uh, the online church group that you, you had with Facebook? 
Well, we were doing that. We did about five biweekly services, and the biggest problem we were having was across the different time zones and the people who could participate in it. And so we discontinued it at the end of September. However, I'm still active in the group. I still answer a lot of questions from people who join the group, uh, you know, having questions about what they are experiencing. Is it biblical? Uh, has there been a biblical precedent to it? Am I disobeying God? Um, you know, I'll give some answers that are already in the books, but I'll still just will tell them outright rather than just saying, oh, go read the book. Um at the same time, anybody who is reading it, I've always said, you know, if you have any questions about what you're reading, uh, if you find it a little difficult to believe, you know, feel free to contact me. Yeah. Uh, I, I am I am on Facebook. I'm also in the group Christian, uh, he, Christian Medium Psychics and Heals Community, which I'm one of the admins of that. Perfect. And Kevin isn't hard to find at all. He's all over the place. And if you can't find him anywhere else, come to our page, Watch the Buzz Podcast. You will find Kevin Schopel there. Yeah. And we keep Kevin at close range because sometimes we need him a lot. <laughs> and sometimes we're okay with him. Yeah. Now, Pastor Stephen Kwiatkowski, promote your church, young man. Yeah, come on out and visit us at Union Church Clementon. Um, you're looking for a church family? You want to hear the truth of God's holy word? If you're searching for a deeper relationship with Jesus Christ, we would love to have you and your family Sunday at 2.30 p.m. and Wednesday night at 7.15 p.m. 22 Naylor Avenue, Clementon, New Jersey, 08021. And, and yes, and if you need to reach Pastor, he can be reached at area code 856 896 5332. Pastor Steve Kwiatkowski, how phone will travel. There you go. And I am the mad dog, and I'll tell you what's going on here. We have tomorrow night um, a, a rant and ramble session. We're going to, uh, Amelia and I are just going to cut loose on everybody. Um, nobody is safe on rant and ramble night and Thursday night of this week. We're going to pay special tribute to a dear friend of the show who went home to be with God. His name was Charlie Norris. He was a, a dear friend of ours from the world of professional wrestling. Charlie went home to Jesus and, um, uh, and left a big gaping hole in a lot of our hearts, including his mother who was still alive. And Charlie was, 60 uh, i believe 61 when he passed it might have been 60 or 61 and uh, he died in his sleep from what we now know was blood clots um we're doing a special show to him thursday night we will have famed wrestler sam houston and a, a woman who was uh, she's just a character in the world of wrestling her name is karen mcdaniel she was married to chief wahoo mcdaniel uh, if that name sounds familiar, it should, by God. He's one of the most decorated wrestlers in history. And that'll be Thursday night at 7 o'clock. Um, next week, we have, oh, man, let me see. We've got so much coming up. We've got the God question. We've got, let's see, um, March. Oh, my goodness. We've got rants and rambles. We've got the God question. We got. Oh, here we go. We're going to hit a good one. 
a good one next Tuesday. What defines transgender? <laughs> We're going to ask that question. What defines transgender? And what's with this, all these people now identifying as other people? Have I got one for you? I don't have to take this. I love Biden Harris. <laughs> yeah, and I don't, and I, I have actually heard that before. It's just crazy. I love Biden Harris. I don't have to take this. That's crazy. You know, that's, that's that whole woke agenda, man. That's, yeah. You know Satan's behind all that. I mean, oh, bizarre. It's bizarre. Kevin, what do you think of all that crazy shit? Well, to me, I keep saying, what is it all about? I mean, I know I'm a man. I know my wife stands as a woman, and I can't see why somebody would have a gender identification problem at all. That's just I'll me. I'm going to tell you why. I'm going to tell you why. There t the school systems in this country, I'm not making this up. The school systems in this country are telling five and six year old children they can identify with any sex they choose. Not only that, but there are adult, grown up adult people identify. I'll give you a perfect example. I'm not making it up. She was on the news, okay? A woman that identifies as a dog. She, a woman that identifies as a male dog and walks on all fours and hikes her leg up. You can't make this fucking shit up. You can't make this shit up. My, I, oh, I understand you. Religious people here. Hey, Holy hey, shit. Listen, I'll tell you, there's another one. They're putting cat boxes in bathrooms now, too, for kids who identify as cats. And he's not lying. He's well, I believe you. <laughs> the world has gone upside well, fucking down. So the Lord said all this would happen before his return. I mean, we're really here. There's no way of denying it now. It's, it, we're here. We're definitely here. The lines are being blurred ever so every day. Absolutely. You don't know who to trust. You don't know who the good guys are. You don't know who the bad guys are. Absolutely. Test the spirit. Right. Steve, by the way, is just on the other side of my camera here. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, a virtual pound. Well, I'll tell you what, folks. It's been a good one. I am going to say good night to Kevin Schopel. Yeah, good night. At home tonight, somewhere in Arizona. Yeah. Stephen Kwiatkowski, comfortable tonight in my house. And uh, Big Daddy, Mac Daddy, Angie D. <laughs> The Mad Dog, just getting warmed up for another show. On behalf of Kevin, on behalf of Pastor Steve, I'm Mad Dog the Scipio. Be kind to each other. Take care, everybody. Bye-bye. Some viewers may find the following video disturbing. Viewer discretion is advised.